Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. G A L D E M. G A L D E M. This song is good. Hello, and welcome to Galdem's first ever podcast. Inspired by our book, I Will Not Be Erased Our Stories About Growing Up as People of Color. My name's Liv, I'm Galdem's founder, and for those of you who don't know, Galdem is an award-winning media company committed to platforming the voices, perspectives, and creative work of women and non-binary people of colour. Hello, I'm Charlie, I'm the head of editorial at Galdem, and I'll be co-hosting our podcast with Liv. We're super excited to be starting our journey with you. Each week, we'll invite a guest to respond to old diary entries, letters, or text messages from their younger selves. The point is to nurture important discussions about growing up. You can find Growing Up With Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to our podcast, Growing Up With Galdem. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Growing Up With Galdem. We're mixing it up a little bit today. You just have me, Liv, and the incredible Charlie for this episode. This is the last episode of the series. We will be back 
with a series three sometime in February. But for now, this is our last episode and we're recording it on my penultimate day as Galdem's CEO. And we're going to reflect on lots of things and I will do my best not to cry. How are you feeling about this one, Charlie? Um, <laughs> sad, you know. I told you earlier today, Liv sent me a very sweet, very soppy message earlier today. <laughs> which made me cry about sort of our journey. So, I, I mean, it feels fitting for sure to to be discussing where we were from when Gallum started five years ago and, and where we are now. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's like it's too much just to sit and think about because it's just it's so um, vast. I'm not disappearing, but it's but it's going to be different because <laughs> me and Charlie. Yeah, me and Charlie are communicating nonstop, which I'm sure we still will be, but in a very different capacity. <laughs> I f- feel like we complement each other's working styles in a way. We're very different, but, you know, it comes together and it's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would be it would be good, I think. And there is, there is beauty to be found in change, I think, um, even though it can feel painful when you're kind of going through it. I think I think I've appreciated having this transition period where you've kind of been here, but also kind of not been here. Uh, it's made it a bit easier for sure. So, look, you've chosen um, an essay which I bloody hate to read out today. <laughs> you can't say that because it's published. Uh, yeah, it's in a book, isn't it? Um, it's an essay which Charlie feels we have um, we have moved on from. Perhaps we have developed, aged um, since we first wrote it. Not that bad. <laughs> but also I think really typify just even the creation of it very much typifies um parts of our working relationship and and, and beyond so uh, it'll be interesting to read back over it and I haven't done so in a long time so yeah yeah so the context of this for for everyone listening is that um a couple of years ago we were kind of asked to or I initially no, 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 I was asked no, actually you were okay asked. okay I was asked to write an essay for a book um, called Rife, which uh, Nikesh was editing, Nikesh Shukla, who was on a couple of weeks ago. And the irony of all of this is is wonderful in that the essay that I decided to write was about this idea of rushing women, but kind of changing it into a theory or like a framework through which we could understand how women, young women of colour at the time were kind of moving through life, the expectation, the speed, the mental health implications and I was so stressed at the time and I wasn't managing it. And I was messaging Charlie being like, oh, my gosh, I can't do it. Because I think maybe this was the first time I'd ever been um, was going to be published but in a book. Right. And um, it was a big deal. And Charlie was like, well, like, you know, let me have a look. And, da, 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 da. and then and then I think maybe suggested, I don't know, there was a suggestion. I can't remember from who that we that we co-write it. So we ended up co-writing this essay in a rush about rushing women of colour syndrome we were then asked to I think deliver a TED talk and similarly that was all very rushed um on the same theme um in which we kind of analysed our communication techniques as well as the kind of wider social and political infrastructure but anyway I'm gonna let Charlie start to read out the beginning of the extract you've made it sound a lot smarter than I think it actually right. is <laughs> so thank <laughs> you for that <laughs> I I think I think this is actually a bit that I did right Okay, so to be clear, much like imposter syndrome, also common in women of colour who negate any external evidence that contradicts the belief that they are unintelligent, 
or unworthy of their achievements. Rushing women of colour syndrome is not a clinically recognised psychological condition, but it is an incredibly useful term that can be used to encapsulate just how tough it can be for busy young women of colour like ourselves. We're surrounded by women who move at 100 miles per hour, rarely taking time to breathe and check in on themselves. Don't get us wrong, everyone is thriving career-wise because of it, but even when we love what we do, the burden of expectation to prove our worth above that of our white counterparts is only exacerbated by the intersections of race, gender, class and sexuality. This is also why it must be viewed as a separate entity from rushing women's syndrome, the original incarnation of this theory which was coined in 2012 by Dr Libby Weaver, a nutritional biologist, someone who investigates how the body responds to food, essentially. Her argument was that there are biochemical and emotional effects of constantly being in a rush, including hormone-based health challenges such as infertility, endometriosis, polycystic ovarian syndrome and debilitating periods or menopause and the overall women's mental and physical health is deteriorating due to them taking on domestic duties, employment and emotional burdens all at once. And the stress is real. There seems to be an expectation that if you aren't killing yourself for the job, either you don't deserve to be there or you don't really want it. Personally, we've suffered from various stress and work-induced ailments from anxiety, alopecia and week-long migraines to repetitive strain injury from too much typing and texting. Emma Dabbery, a social historian, BBC presenter and writer, reflects on a recent conversation she had with a busy black woman. She said, Babylon has a way of keeping you busy. And I was like, rah, that's it, you know. But it's kind of a paradox. The constant grind distracts you and in many ways prevents you from enjoying this thing called life. But what's the alternative? Babylon is one big old trap. Liv, it's crazy to think how X, Y, Z. I guess. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I I feel sad. Looking back on that, I feel sad that not, you know, nothing has really changed for either of us, I would argue, in a way. Like, Charlie, nothing has changed. No, it's in, in terms. No, no, in terms of like the stresses of life haven't become any easier. And I, but but in saying that, that's not me being super negative. I'm just saying that it's um, it, it's a reminder that like dealing with stress is a constant process. It's not something that you just fix by acknowledging it. And like we have continued to acknowledge it, and we have continued to remind each other um, that that we need to look after ourselves. But I think the difference for me now, anyway, sort of looking back on that, is that I thought that you know, maybe because those things didn't always exist in my life or in our lives, that they that we could sort of magically get rid of them by acknowledging them. But that wasn't enough and that would have never been enough really. It takes it takes, yeah, constant work. Um so yeah, that's my that's my main sort of takeaway. Also I'm just thinking about earlier this year when I had that eye twitch for like literally about three months. <laughs> well I don't wanna yeah, you just knew that things were really bad when the eye twitch came out. Um and that used yeah. to be really often part of me thinks listen to these whiny young women because we're like oh you know and there's just as young women of color as young black women um you know we're we're so busy and we're so stressed and I know there are there are generations of women that are dealing and carrying trauma and experience far greater than ours but you know at the time it felt real and I think it's important to note that it was real um I I I do get what you're saying in the in the sense of um you know the kind of stresses of life don't don't just magically disappear no they do not but it's kind of about the the acknowledgement of that stress like you say and and the ways that we choose to the ways that we choose to move forward because I wouldn't say that I'm in a place now where 
I don't have hair, but I'm in a, I'm not in a place now where if I did have hair, it would be falling out. And I think, you know, even with the migraines and, and I think the, the kind of the RSI, which is, which is something that you kind of suffer from. I think that those symptoms have become lessened for both of us in many ways. And I think we've come up with ways to really take our health, our mental and our physical health, um, much more seriously. And also kind of learning to be a little bit kinder on ourselves, which I think, you know, we're not perfect at. We've not cracked the code on that one completely. But I think we were putting ourselves under like just insane amounts of pressure. It was just a lot of pressure and a lot of expectation. And I, I mean, we're, it's part of being being very ambitious and wanting to see this change and all of that sort of thing. Because like we said, it's, you know, this is something that at the time and even today we were seeing as uh, as kind of impacting our, our peers it wasn't just us we interviewed a few people for this piece and everyone was hustling hard and everyone was kind of you know trying to be this change in the industry in many ways that they weren't they weren't seeing happen one question I have for you you lovers like do you I feel like I feel like because of where we sat in the industry both of us um or certainly speaking for myself like I feel like I was asked for my opinion on things very young firstly and also was um put into the position of like mentoring other people coming up very young as well because of Gaudem um so really when we didn't know a huge amount we were already in the position of like helping <laughs> helping other people sort of get get their foot in the door and, and I, I think doing that successfully but like I felt I feel like in the past year specifically I and I don't know if it's just that thing of like being 27 um and and just actually being a bit older and, and knowing how things work but I have felt more able to give advice in what feels like a genuine way and like actually I don't know just like I feel like I understand things and I'm not intimidated by um by many people and many spaces anymore I think that's what I, I was so I was so nervous and scared and um you know I remember kind of going to babes and then there being like Vanessa and like Michelle who are in Aki and Saltfish I remember losing my mind and like feeling so anxious and like I couldn't speak to anyone because everyone was like so much um cooler than 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 I was um, but yeah, I think a lot of that insecurity, I used to also like literally get the runs, which is like too much information. But when I, ha- when I had to do public speaking, I think we were nervous, we were young. And yes, you know, um, I think when you are uh, a black woman in the, in the creative space, especially if you tick multiple characteristics in a checkbox, um then you know people do like to attempt to kind of will you out to be the spokesperson on 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 various things or 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 in that one thing and I think that's always been something that I think we've we've kind of tried to push against and I'd like to think trying to avoid giving opinion or advice where like that isn't our area or our lane because yeah I mean that's definitely something that I see the industry thrusting upon or trying or kind of trying to make like heroes out of like specific individuals which I think is also like quite a dangerous or like potentially can be dangerous thing to do um putting people on the pedestal yeah and it's something we spoke about quite a lot in the kind of run up to this year's print issue as well wasn't it um which would have been out for a while when this this podcast goes live but the reason why we sort of 
themed it around community was because we were just so conscious of like turning anyone into an icon especially if they're a younger person is, is kind of setting them up for failure in a way because everyone makes mistakes and 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 you can't know everything about everything you know um and it's just something I'm thinking about a lot like in the context of media and publishing and whether we should and 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 should be sort of um idolizing people I feel I feel mixed about it I don't I don't think there's I think you should celebrate people who are doing great things you know like it's just balancing that with with not with not sort of stanning them basically I think all of us have a responsibility in that way, in whatever context that is, media, not media, whatever, to, to avoid putting people on a pedestal or, or, or idolising people in a way which is, like you say, less about the kind of celebration or like acknowledgement of the kind of impact or, you know, that their work has had or, or, or the things that they've contributed to the kind of ecosystem. We have to remember that all of these people, everyone is, is like you say, fallible, makes mistakes has the power to do great has the power to fuck up and and all of those things are 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 valid and I think it's about being able to hold space to hold space for lots of things I'm not saying to put up with people who are just you know horrific but I think I think yes it is definitely important to recognize that and I think that was something that came up in a lot of conversations that we um that we had that we had with the with the team on on the kind of formulation of this theory of rushing women of color syndrome which is interesting because in the essay we were talking about women of color as a as a category but I'm like maybe now we would have just framed that as being black women because I kind of feel like the majority of the people who we spoke to actually were which is interesting but we were just learning language yeah for sure and also like we're so I'm I'm working on a free do of the Galdam style guide at the moment and one of the things I was discussing and we kind of put at the the top of that is this idea that language is always changing and like it's okay for us to have done that then because that's what felt most relevant and um and and felt most sort of comfortable but like now yeah we, you know we might have put black we might have put mixed black you know whatever whatever feels most accurate there's a really interesting discussion absolute side note just going on about go on within the mixed race community <laughs> just about this idea of whether or not as a mixed black person you should be actively calling yourself mixed or whether you should you know is it okay to just call yourself black and it's funny because I feel like from in this thing of how language changes I feel like a few years ago the conversation was very much more like I will I'm mixed race and I will call myself black and here are all the reasons why it's okay for me to do so whereas now a lot of like like quote-unquote woke people are, are kind of maybe pivoting slightly to the other side I wasn't actually aware of that showing my I think I think it's it's about acknowledging privilege isn't yeah. it so um yeah proximity to yeah and what I what I wanted to ask which is was basically do you think that this syndrome whether it would be rushing black women syndrome or rushing women of color syndrome kind of still still stands true today in terms of looking at all of the factors that that underpin this so we kind of looked a little bit when we did the first um piece of writing in terms of the kind of economic frameworks and structures that um black women I guess live within and the kind of like socioeconomic factors that that black women live within um we looked at austerity I think a little bit in terms of thinking about who tends to be the most um negatively impacted by by at the time kind of these drives for 
for austerity. Do you basically do you think that this is a this is a theory that you'd want to own today? <laughs> I mean, probably not. And I think the reason why is because is exactly what you said at the beginning of this chat is that like perhaps in in the creation of this theory we weren't looking back as much as we were looking forward um and I don't think that what we described was was new like I think it has always been here and there are probably there's probably other language out there that would do a, a more accurate job at capturing that I don't know what that language is. Fair enough. So you basically, Charlie's basically like throw it in the bin. Throw it in the bin. I don't know. I mean, no. I, you know what I'm like though? Like I, it goes back to the, that imposter syndrome thing, doesn't it? Like I, it's hard to, to back yourself. Maybe I just need to back, back yeah, off. Yeah. I mean, I think at the time it was useful for us to, I think even, even if it was mainly useful for us to have a framework to understand where some of these things that we were experiencing or seeing our friends experiencing was coming from. And then maybe it was just a way of saying, we're all we're all going through a lot and figuring out how to navigate this space and and the online world and the impacts that that has on our mental health and then also being young and being kind of not put on a pedestal but being um you know expected to speak on behalf of I think I think it was I think it was useful in in that sense even if yes you know when we look back now okay we kind of scratched the surface there and we could have definitely gone gone deeper if we were to have done it later on but I still I still think it's um I still think it's valid and I still think a lot of it a lot of what we were saying yeah might not have been particularly revolutionary I think is the thing but it but it felt it felt like it captured yeah where we were at the time um yeah and I mean maybe just sort of thinking about the language of it because that's 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 what's sort of at the forefront of my mind like it it maybe equating what we were going through to rushing women syndrome just wasn't big enough or specific enough like are we are we here talking about young publicly visible black women is that what we're talking about do you think that is that is a very specific experience and i do think that that we should you know talk about that like it's i think we tried to pack a lot in but i think fundamentally it was quite centered in in us and our peers to be honest it wasn't like it didn't go much deeper I mean I can't remember the extent of the kind of full essay but it didn't go it didn't go quite as in depth so yeah in a way I think I think yeah we probably are speaking to quite a um particular experience this whole journey and experience and this like growth and the like inception of Galdem from five years ago to now has been amazing right it's been incredible and I've and both of us have had the like fortune of working with so many amazing people who are public facing, not so public facing, you know, whatever it is. And it's it's kind of hard. I'm trying to think of, you know, the right question to to ask you, you know, what were some what have some of your highlights been? What have some of the moments that you've most enjoyed been? Because I feel like, I don't know, we've we've had some pretty epic moments and experiences like together and you know, and with multiple people, but yeah, I mean, I um, I've I've already done some reflection on this actually because I I did this for your your leaving card, um, and so I, I have a few moments that I can sort of think about specifically. So I think back to the house that we got in Brooklyn for Afropunk. That was pretty magic. Um, just like me, you, Daisy, Natty, and Cheska living it up. It was like a proper kind of like pinch yourself moment in that like here's 
here's us with like you know three of our really good like colleagues or like friends and and um in New York like in Brooklyn like what just I remember watching this this like women with this hula hoop and it was just magical um <laughs> and then you gorging on on seafood at that restaurant near the house that we were staying in <laughs> yeah it was like falling asleep but yeah it was good um and what else like just it's almost it's almost like little like flip card moments that they, it's how I remember them like just like being on stage at the um third print issue launch and just like giving each other a little side hug and like watching um I think you and I watched um watched Nea perform together or maybe it was Ravina I can't remember which. yeah that was beautiful and that was amazing so we had um Ravina this is one of our one of our fave memories we had Ravina and Nea who were on the cover of Gallum's third print issue basically perform it was like Ravina's first London performance and yeah I remember that moment standing at the stage with you and like watching this happen and watching everyone watch this happen and it was beautiful and then I remember us because of that or after that going to see Neo together went on like a little date to whatever that place is in central London. Uh, Somerset House yeah. Yeah Somerset House. There are so many moments for me you know and I think I think a lot of the time it's not even like I don't know it's not even like those huge um wow we can see it or actually maybe I'm lying because I think one of the one of the like most beautiful moments for me was like the first time that we were all like sitting in the office together that I literally like I'm I cry a lot like I'm I'm a crier like I just am like it is what it is it's fine healthy and relationships tears here and I remember just feeling so emotional that like finally after like all of this work and like effort and struggle and like all of these things that that, that had happened to, to get us to 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 where we were all of the juggling the rushing the jobs and the full-time jobs and the you know gaudam on top and all of that kind of stuff wow we had like a home we had like a physical home and I think that was that was a moment which felt particularly beautiful I also have really fond memories of being in I'm getting so emotional now oh um, <laughs> of sitting in the guardian with you and um and Misha at the time and we were like editing content um for yeah. our guardian weekend takeover and I was terrified and I think we were all a bit terrified and um we realized that we kind of vaguely knew what we were doing that was a beautiful experience yeah. and moment and challenging but great and look what kind of came out of it This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Oh, there have been so many. There's been, the, you know, there have been the stressful, the late nights, the 3 a.m.s. There, there were moments where you kind of kept finding out that Charlie had camped out in the office to get print sent off in time. There was the moment when oh, that wasn't fun, and there was the moment when you didn't, you weren't able to come to my um, stepdad's funeral because, like, for some reason, it had been decided that getting that thing sent off was more important, and I don't know how or why. Yeah, I know, and I, I, yeah. I think back on that quite often, you know, and I think back on 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 that sort of on that decision or that choice, and I, I think you know mm. that that was the wrong decision at the time, really, but. At, but in the same breath, it was like, it felt, Galdem so often has felt all-consuming, consuming, right? And we've put some of these more personal moments aside to to make sure it was a success. Oh, yeah. You're just the sweetest, honestly. I love you so much. <laughs> really. <laughs> I love you too. Um, I'm not going to cry because you're not going to cry. So it's fine. <laughs> Uh, but yeah I I think um I think yeah also for me it was just it's been so valuable just to have someone to bounce ideas off who communicates in a in a in a way that I can (laughs) respond you're the only one that understands communication doesn't get stressed by it to be honest no I don't find it stressful I found it I found it exciting I found it invigorating like I remember like especially at the beginning just like because I think we both had iPhones back then and so we'd just be sort of iMessaging each other just constantly it'd just be pegging away and it, it felt like I don't know like on a level it felt um like when you find someone who's like interested in you and what you're doing or what you think about things like you lean into that and I, I like to think that that was like a kind of a, a mutual oh, thing like for sure. we're both excited by the, the our ability to want to do things and, and and chat about them and just you know everything else and then also just like <laughs> I have a really <laughs> I have a really strong memory of walking with you um 
down near the Sainsbury's in Newcross and we were talking about sex. Oh <laughs> and like, it was, I think it was... <laughs> No, no, it's, it's, it's all about me, don't worry. Um, you, it was the first time that I think you realised that I liked talking about sex and you oh, got yeah. really excited. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember after that moment, you'd always be like, Charlie loves talking about sex. Like, Charlie loves sex. Like, yeah. Well, <laughs> um, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Even from the first, I think, time when you came up to Bristol, so this was like, two months in or a month in or the launch of sorry the launch of Galdem um, and it was in Bristol I was studying there and that's where like a lot of the kind of original founding I guess contributors kind of um kind of were from and and a lot of the London lot came down and I think a lot of people stayed over with us or whatever but I remember you yeah I remember you coming down in in Bristol and we just didn't really know each other then and and if I'm completely honest I remember being so intimidated by Charlie honestly because she was like this like serious journalist like she'd written this piece on Vice about like being on Tinder as a mixed race girl and I was like oh my god like she is so she's so smart um and so yeah I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't have known that um that intimidation would would transfer into a lifelong friendship I can't have known couldn't have known (laughs) (laughs) no um I also realizing that you have absolutely nothing to be intimidated by because I am a teddy bear yeah, I remember sort of staying on your couch that night. And like to to be honest, like as in I've always I've always tried to push myself out of my comfort zone. But being, you know, what I would still probably describe just about as a, a shyish person, I was I was quite like scared about coming up and staying with you and like um and sort of meeting all these people. But it was also really exciting and, and I think I've always needed a side project and, and Galdon was obviously much, much more than that, but it felt so lovely to just pour myself into into something and um and I, I remember even on the day like I Nai and I sort of like made these like these that we did the drinks and like it just felt special like and you've always had this incredible ability to it sounds so cheesy but you you have you've had an incredible ability to um to make connections with people and bring people together and I don't think anyone else could have done what you've managed to do in that sense um from a place of like pure authenticity not from a place of like you know anything but love really. I just wanted to make friends honestly that's how it all started in the beginning I was like feeling very lonely and then lots of people were feeling similar feelings and we all kind of came together so it did come from a place of that it's then obviously kind of transformed into a business and you know that changes things and dynamics and all the rest of it but fundamentally that's what that's what it was about there was no intention don't think any of us thought that it would extend beyond like a thing that we did at university necessarily yeah, no. As in, I hoped, but I wasn't sure. I hoped for sure. But I, I had a question for you, actually, looking back to your childhood. Have you always been someone who has um, found it easy to make friends and, and and always had a lot of friends, or was that something that came when you were a bit older? Yeah, I've always been relatively sociable. I love people. <laughs> I do love people. Um, I, yeah, I've always gotten, I get all my energy from people, which is why I'm a little bit like, oh, I'm not going to have like these interactions with the ho- with the whole team. That's going to be different because, yeah, I definitely get a lot of my energy from people and from friends. I'm really bad at being on my own, which I think is like not necessarily the healthiest of things in terms of like company. I just I want to talk to or be interacting with. I'm getting better, but not great. But yeah, no, I've always I've always loved people. And a lot of my friends, like my like my like actual, you know, close friends aside from obviously you the majority of them are people who I 
have known since I was like four like a, a, one of my oldest friends Jazz I've known her since I was four and then other friends it's from school not really that many from uni or sixth form but a lot from school and the, and those are the people that I I've obviously made friends since then I've made some great friends since then but I think yeah that's that's been something that's always been um really important and obviously I come from like a huge family with an extended network of like Buddhist aunties and their kids and things um but you're you're quite different you were quite a shy kid yeah I was really shy as and I always had good friends and like friends friendships were always very important to me and um I I think I I, I would be regarded as like a, a very loyal friend and I've, I've held on to friendships like actively that I've had since I was very young even during the pandemic, I started like messaging um, a couple of people who I haven't spoken to in ages, just because I get I, I suffer from severe nostalgia. So I was just like, oh, like thinking about Caitlin, who was my friend when I was like eleven, and we had such Aww. good times. And so I, I dropped her a line, and she's doing really well. Nice to chat. Um, yeah, so it was like it was that thing of like because it, it once I found someone or pe- people who I feel like I can be myself fully around I'm not going to let them go because of that that doesn't come around often for me so it was kind of similar with George as well like my boyfriend like when I met him I was like oh I, I, know, I know that this guy would like I'm going to get on with this guy if I get to know him properly so yeah didn't, didn't let him go oh we, love, <laughs> we just love love we love George um yeah oh my gosh my gosh my gosh my gosh my gosh because you know what one thing that I think is like a huge lesson for both of us I think in all of this when we were getting so stressed and we were allowing ourselves to be because I think you know it's it's our responsibility to look after ourselves fundamentally no one else is going to do it for you when we were putting ourselves in these situations where we weren't doing that and again we are no we do not have our stuff figured out. There's been points this year, last year, every year, every week where we we forget to actually prioritize and 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 you know set boundaries and exercise the things that 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 we want to see and that we want to like you know hold space for ourselves. Also, sometimes like, external forces prevent you from being as kind to yourself as you want to be as well. Like it's not it's not always you know yeah no 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 and no and 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 yes that is true but but yeah anyway. But yeah, but I do, but I still think it is, it's on, it's on, it's on us to kind of, to, to, to establish a framework and boundaries through in which we want to live and interact with our friends and our family. And like, you know, those things are, those things are really, really um, healthy. But what I was going to say was there's one thing that I think I wish I had, I had gone into this whole process knowing or thinking or just doing. And that was just to be a lot, a hell of a lot more present. Because, you know, we, we sit back now and we reflect and we kind of like reminisce on all of these beautiful times. Yes, of course, there's been many, many challenges on top of the on top of the beautiful times. But I wish when I was in all of those beautiful times, I was really in all of those beautiful times. And I don't think it was really until maybe the past kind of year or two when I clocked that or when my girlfriend kind of pointed that out to me um, and said, you know, you'll never be satisfied if you don't take a minute to be in the thing that you're experiencing, because you'll always be looking to the next thing. And I think if there was anything that I wish that I had known, it was to just soak it in, soak it up, be in it, love it, relish it. These these experiences in these moments are not going to happen all the time, not going to be the um, the thing that people are excited about for all the time. And we've had all of these beautiful times. So, yeah, just 
just um all of us just really feel it and 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 be happy I think it's interesting you say that though Liv because even though uh, even though maybe you were always thinking about the next thing because I think that is part of your personality you've always struck me as someone who has or, or is very good at doing that like I remember even in the first um you know at the beginning at the very beginning at the launch of the Gaudem you know party or, or whatever it was it wasn't like you were kind of <laughs> apart from on a few choice occasions you know you were very to me at least in the words that you said at the time you were always so kind of so happy and so grateful even right at the start very happy and very grateful and I think very happy and very grateful but whether whether you're whether I just I feel like there was a lot more that I could have felt in those moments of joy where I could have been less stressed and more just soaking it up I think there was, uh, you know, a moment when I really did soak it up was like was being in the V&A. And I think just like looking around and the, and 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 also the next day kind of reflecting. But I remember like that moment and feeling so just happy and so overwhelmed. And it's just like, yes, allow yourself to feel this joy. Like as black people, we need joy. We deserve joy. Charlie is a huge advocate for black <laughs> joy. Yeah, I think there's a difference between having gratitude and like feeling and allowing yourself to feel everything fully if you know what I mean yeah for sure it's just interesting and I remember thinking this at the time when you first sort of when Sahela first sort of brought up this this thing of being present um just finding it interesting that that for you was something that you felt that you had particularly struggled with because from outside appearances so I mean maybe I'm just comparing myself to you uh, me being an an anxious mess at like every occasion at the V&A do you remember what I was like at the V&A you probably don't because I wasn't because I was outside like stressing around like oh my god is anyone gonna turn up I don't know oh shit I need to let this person oh this person can't be waiting in the queue for too long oh god I like literally didn't go to any of the events I didn't eat any of the food like I didn't do anything (laughs) that's Um, awful we had two very different experiences of like what was a really (laughs) monumental night then that's so But I remember I remember my sister being really angry that or like not being angry, but being like, this is my sister's event and like walking up to the front. And I was like, girl, she must have been about 10 then, girl. Yeah, Honestly, what, what would you say is like one kind of key thing that you've learned during this very, very like unpredictable and like incomparable in many ways journey that we've had? There's so many things I've learned and there's so many things that I'm still learning, I think. Okay, I'll talk about something I've learned from you, um, which is that, (laughs) cheesy, but that anything is possible or anything is achievable with the kind of the right mindset. Um, You're very good. I've said this to you before, but you're very good at at not seeing things as a problem. Like, whereas I would be like, no, can't do that. Problem, issue, blockade. Your your immediate thing is just like, no, that, that can be done. We just need to figure out how. I think you're less like that than you than you're making out. <laughs> yeah, as in as in I, I still believe I still believe that things can be achieved, but I just think that you are particularly like that, which is why, you know, it, it comes some some somewhat from that thing of like always having new ideas and always being thinking of the next uh, and always thinking of the next thing, which I know that you you want to stay in the present, which is is beautiful. But I also think it's beautiful that you do have so many ideas and that you do want to like on to the next like what else can we do what else can we like make happen like um because it's always for the right reasons it's not 
it's always purposeful, which is something we've spoken a lot about as well. But one other thing I think that that um that I think we've both learned is that like is that one's purpose can change. Like and I think for for many years I was like, the only thing is journalism. That is it. Like, um, that is the only thing that I, I can should be doing. And I feel very differently to that now. And 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 again, maybe that's the learning, you know, slightly from you as well, because you've always been keen not to sort of box yourself into one thing. Um, that's not true. <laughs> again, <laughs> and I and I and I think and I think you've always been one to try your hands at try your hand at lots of different things. Be that big, small, a new skill, learning. You're someone who really does love to learn, and that is a part of the process of wanting to or being open to shifting and to change. I think. Again, you're more, you're saying you're saying you learned that from me, but I, I I think you already have a lot of these kind of you know tendencies tendencies within you. And I think actually I started out being very much someone who was like I want to make work in this specific way in terms of like I really wanted to make documentaries and that was it. And then my mentor was like, but why don't you go and like work on like first dates um for for a week or so and see what that's like and I think she was she was someone who actually really and this was obviously kind of early Galdem first year or two of Galdem and she this woman called Lisa she said to me you should just try it like you won't know you like these things or you don't like these things until you try and I think when I when I went and I tried things that she she suggested that I had made up my mind that I would like hate to do I was like oh okay cool like I'm gonna try and like retain this approach for 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 the rest of my kind of like working life but yeah I think recognizing that not everything is is fixed you know I'm not I couldn't be um you know live the CEO of Galden forever you know there's a natural course path journey whatever transitionary period we can hold on to things forever we can strangle things forever but I think actually yeah it's really it's really good. It's really healthy. It's really a positive thing. Like you said to, um, you know, I keep saying I feel emotional. I do, but also this is a natural part of the process. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say to you. Oh, don't. I do. (laughs) I'm going to everyone and to everyone who's listening. I'm good. I'm, I'll be hosting one more series, which will be the next series, which, which is exciting. Um, but I want to say thank you to everyone who, has been listening to this show, who has been supporting Galdem, who supported me as well. And I want to say thank you to our team who are amazing and all of the people that have been a part of this beautiful journey and all of these wonderful people who I've had the absolute pleasure of meeting, the mentors, anyone who I've interacted with in some small or or even big way. Um, but yeah, thank you to my friend, Charlie, like really deeply thank you to my friend, Charlie, who, you know, I there are no words really. I think you're wonderful. But yeah, I just think you're all amazing. I think you're awesome. And I love you. And yeah, what a wonderful way to end this series. I think next series, we will come back um, with a slightly tweaked format. Um, But you can expect some really exciting guests. Um, And I will try not to cry. (laughs) Um, But yeah, anything else we should let people know, Chaz? Well, happy new year. Yeah, happy new year and um <laughs> and yeah, like I said, it, the support for this show has been wonderful and and you know, Galdem all of it has been wonderful considering we we launched this series during lockdown. But yeah, we hope that you have enjoyed it so far again like as usual, please do like, share, subscribe, listen, um tell your mates, look at the Galdem membership, support the team and the work 
and everything that's going on. Um, we will meet you in a couple of weeks. There's going to be a break. It's going to be a, a, a three or four week break. And then we will be back with a series three. So we look forward to meeting you again then. Bye. Bye. This has been an II Studios production. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll tune into the next one. You can find Growing Up With Galdam on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a review, rate us and subscribe. It really helps the show. And if you'd like to find out more about Galdem, you can head over to our Instagram page at Galdemzine. That's G-A-L-D-E-M-Z-I-N-E. Or you can visit our website, which is G-A-L hyphen, which is important, D-E-M dot com. Galdem has a book which is out now. It's called I Will Not Be Erased, Our Stories About Growing Up as People of Colour. You can find it in all good bookstores or online. Thank you so much for listening. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.